0: Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are starting a brand new book of the Bible. We are in another gospel. We just finished the gospel where, we're going to come up with this word in a minute, where Jesus said, all authority is given to me on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's how Matthew ended. And so now we're in the gospel of Mark. There are four different gospels. And each one of those gospels has a different emphasis and is pretty much written to a different group of people. Now, all people can read them at any time and get an awful lot out of them, get everything we need for life and for godliness out of them, learning about Jesus and who he is. But uh, each one is writing to a different audience with a different emphasis, and they emphasize different things. Matthew, in the first gospel, he was writing primarily to the Jewish population in the first century. And so he did an awful lot of the fulfillment of the prophecies, an awful lot of pointing to the Old Testament, Mark is writing to really just the general public. He's writing to popular culture. Uh, Rome is ruling the day. Rome is conquered, and the people of Israel are conquered by Rome. And Rome valued power, military power, military might, conquering power. And they also uh, looked for the power of the governors and the 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 emperors, of course, uh, the the rulers are taking more and more power to themselves as the Roman Empire moves along. And Luke, of course, he's a he's a Greek, and he is uh, writing to people who might be of that same persuasion. He gives Jesus the perfect human being, the perfect mind, and the uh, the perfect person. And John, he writes about Jesus, the one who always was. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so he gives us the account of God with us, God tabernacling with us, God being with us for a while. So we're moving into Mark. And Mark, writing to the Roman audience, he's going to be concerned an awful lot with power, because that's what the Romans like, is power. So he's going to show that Jesus is powerful in speech, He's going to show that Jesus has power over the creation. He has power over the storms. He has power over sickness. He has power over demons and the supernatural. He has power over blindness. He has power over death. He has power. And so we'll be looking at Mark's gospel. And keep in mind, those are the things that uh, Mark is trying to point out to us. So it starts like this. In the beginning... The good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. So he jumps right in and shows us the fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament of John the Baptist coming and preparing the way for Jesus. And he said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared. He did appear. All of a sudden, he appeared. All of a sudden, he was there. There was nothing about John as a personality or as a celebrity or as a charismatic person that would cause people to go out to him, but people are going out to him. And it is that he appeared, but he's been prepared for 30 years for this very short time of ministry. And so God will do the same thing in our life. He will invest an awful lot, sometimes for just a very short time, of uh, what it is that he's using us for. And so, um, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Baptism, that word is baptismo, and it means to immerse, to cover in. And so, be baptized. Repentance means to change your mind. Now, you can change your mind in... um, and your actions follow. Sometimes you, you can hide your actions, but your mind hasn't changed. So change your mind about some of these things. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. So John's not a street preacher. He doesn't have a megaphone. He's not doing uh, publicity campaigns. The people are coming out to him. The whole countryside came out to Jerusalem and went to him. They were confessing their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now, keep in mind that the people from Jerusalem are coming to him, and he's out in the countryside. And it said, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. So he's quite the character. He's quite the mountain man. And all of these sophisticated, educated powers that be from Jerusalem are coming out to him, and he's baptizing them. Just a fascinating, fascinating story. Here was his message. After me comes one more powerful than me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I love the ministry of John. John is like a traffic cop. You know how this is if you go somewhere and they're doing construction or something and there's a police officer there who directs you where you're supposed to go. And John's ministry is directing people where they're supposed to be going. He's not calling attention to himself. He's directing them to Jesus. And that's our ministry. We need to just direct people to Jesus. Just direct people to Jesus. Just direct people to Jesus. So at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, verse 9. And he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven. I assume that he is John the Baptist. He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven be Jesus who sees this. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. So this is a picture of what we call the Trinity. The Trinity teaches us that there's only one God, but it's God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And here you have all of those together. You have Jesus in real time physically being baptized. You have the Spirit breaking open heaven, descending upon him. And you have the voice from heaven, the Father, saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We'll see another scene like this um, later. And in that scene, he'll say, um, listen to him. So at once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, Jesus. The Spirit sends him into the wilderness. and, And he was there for 40 days, and he was tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. Now, the other Gospels... Uh, tell us what was going on out there. He was tempted by the devil, and the devil tempted him with the three main arenas of sin, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Uh, wanting those things you see, uh, experiencing some kind of you know, sensual sensation, you know, things that I feel, things that I experience in, in my body, and, and then the pride of life, thinking that I'm somebody. So verse 14 John was put in prison, so Mark's moving here fast. John was put in prison, and Jesus went into the Galilee. He was proclaiming the good news, and the message that Jesus has is very similar to John's message. Jesus said, the time has come. It's now. It's now. It's now or never. Let's do it. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Change your mind and believe the good news. Not do something, but believe. Believe the good news. What's the good news? The good news is that Jesus came according to the scriptures that he died, he was buried, and he was risen from the dead, and anybody who puts their hope and trust in him will be saved. So it's about believing and not doing. It's about believing and not doing. Now once you believe, you'll end up doing. But but you don't get there by rituals, you don't get there by being good, you don't get there by doing. You believe in the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, Verse 16, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Now, this is fascinating because Jesus is just calling families. He's calling a couple of brothers um, who are fishermen. And he said, come and follow me. and And Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. So immediately they're following him. Jesus calls them in the middle of their work week. He calls them in the middle of their work day. And they begin to follow him. Now, watch this. When they had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. So two more brothers. This is grassroots. This is family. This is hometown. This is people that you know. And his brother John. And they were preparing their That So they're working. Again, in the middle of the workday, in the middle of their life, in the middle of their year, in the middle of the, the, the pay week, um, Jesus comes and calls them. And without delay... He called them. They left uh, They left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So they've got a small business. It's the boys and a dad and some other guys that they've hired. So they're just like you, just like me, just like everyone that we know. And he works in families. He just starts with a few and you know just moves through family trees. Now, Mark is going to start showing that Jesus has power over everything. And here he has power over the supernatural world, power over demons. And they went to Capernaum where Jesus was staying. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. Now you can go to Capernaum today, and there's a lot of ruins there. And the synagogue is not standing, but the foundation of that synagogue where Jesus taught is still there. You always find Jesus. Wherever you find Jesus, he's always teaching. He's doing other things as well, but he's always teaching. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So there's the power of Jesus' communication. There's the power of Jesus' teaching. You know, the other ones were teaching, the teachers of the law, the people that they heard when they were kids, you know, when they went and learned all this stuff. But Jesus is speaking in such a way that he has power and has authority. The people are amazed. Mark is amazed. And just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out. And he said, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. These are the demons. These are devils that are calling out to Jesus. They recognize who Jesus is. And Jesus says, Be quiet. He said sternly, Come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. And the people were amazed. Well, that's what John just said about, uh, sorry, that's what Mark just said about his teaching. They were amazed at his teaching. They're amazed at his power. They're amazed that he has power over the, the demons. They're amazed that he has supernatural power. And the people were so amazed, they said to each other, What is this, a new teaching and with authority? There's that word authority again. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News spread about him all over the region of Galilee. And it moves on. Jesus is is healing. Jesus goes and prays. And then Jesus heals a man with leprosy. So, uh, read the rest of the chapter. That's as much as we can do in our 10 or 12 minutes. Uh, Bible and Daily Life. Find us wherever we are. Find us on iTunes. Find us on Spotify. Find us BibleandDailyLife.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, find us all over the place. Find us on YouTube. Hey, bless you guys. So, uh, let's Work our way through Mark. Blessings.